The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. to the Ann Arbor Human Rights Commission. 
Denise Junius, would you please call people to call the meeting? Well, give a roll call. Yes. This meeting will be broadcast live on CTN Cable 16, AT&T Channel 99, and online at a2gov.org, watch CTN. Public commentary can be made in person or by calling 877-853-5247 or 888-788-0099. Enter meeting ID 996-9403-7874. Commissioner Cass? Absent. Commissioner Meadows? Present. Vice Chair Garber? Here. Council Member Song? Here. Council Member Ghazi Edwin? Here. Commissioner Pez Meyer will be late. Commissioner Bond? Here. Chair Stanbaugh? Here. Commissioner Cowan is absent. Commissioner Winkler? Here. Commissioner Sova? Here. We have a quorum. Thank you, Denise. Um, let us look over the agenda. Can we have a, a motion to approve the agenda? I motion to approve the agenda. I second. Um, discussion. Any changes? All in favor? Aye. Aye. I see no one's opposed. Um, first thing on our agenda is something we promised last time. We have a lot of new members and we wanted everybody to introduce themselves. So, let, well, yes, are there any public comments waiting? No. Okay. Thank you. Um, Aiden, would you mind beginning with just some words about yourself so that we have idea of what kind of resources are sitting around the room with us? Sure, absolutely. Uh, my name is Aiden Sova. I am a recent graduate of the University of Michigan, class of 2021. I currently work at Google as a uh, product uh, consultant. You don't have to know what that means. It's a lot of boring <laughs> stuff. Um, recently, I was elected to the Ann Arbor District Library Board of Trustees, which I'm very excited and thrilled to be swearing in soon on the 23rd. Uh, additionally, as well, I'm a member of the Emerging Leaders Council. I'm the leaders of the uh, Legal Services Corporation. Uh, additionally to that, of course, the Human Rights Commissioner. Um, as well as a bunch of other things that we can talk about later. But I'd be more than happy to share any of my other professional experiences as they are helpful. And additionally, I'm a grad student at the University of Pennsylvania. Linda. Uh, Linda Winkler, I've been on the Human Rights Commission for, this is my fifth term. Um, I have a background in law and mediation. Brandon, I know you introduced yourself before, but you're, I hate to leave you out as the only, <laughs> only commissioner not speaking. So. I'm my best. Um, hi, my name is Brandon Bond. I um, am also a recent graduate of the University of Michigan, did my undergrad there, graduated in 2020, and then recently graduated with my master's in public health and social work uh, this past December. Um, 
And I guess like interest-wise, I am kind of wide-ranging from advocacy to wellness to, of course, human rights, uh, fortunately to uh, be on this commission with everyone else. And I guess like aside from that, I am accept or accepted a new job at the University of Michigan to be a student or a mental health and well-being student advocate in the LSA Dean's Office. So I'll be working on different programs and policies um, to yeah, promote mental health and well-being um, for students in the overall college and university. Um, and aside from that, I am also on one of the committees for Garrett Space, which is a uh, mental health um, nonprofit um, that gears or is geared towards supporting young adults and supporting them with, um, yeah, just their own mental health and well-being. Um, so yeah, happy to be here and provide different insight into public health, social work, and everything else that I have experience with. Thank you. Uh, my name is Leslie Stanbaugh, and I've been the chair for a while. And <laughs> I don't even know how long. Um, I, I went to undergrad and grad and had took all political science as much as I could. Graduated, my first job was with a bunch of very smart people in organizational development, or they were organizational psychologists. And I was there at the Institute for Social Research for 14 years as a senior research associate, and I did a lot of research about organizations and how they worked and what would make them better. Um, and after that, I did even more, more years uh, consulting with Rensis Liquor Associates and then consulting in my own company. Um, with a specialty on, I got very interested in diversity when we were doing, when there were a lot of Japanese transplants uh, in, in Michigan. And so I was very interested in diversity and how it could drive productivity and, 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 uh, and employee satisfaction. Um, I think that's it. Judah? Good. Take off my mask, paradoxically. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Judah Garber. Uh, I came to Ann Arbor in 1980 for law school and more or less have been here ever since with a few other uh, years spent elsewhere. Um, spent most of my career uh, as a um, working for the front of the court, the, the domestic relations arm of the court in another county and in Washtenaw County. Uh, as a hearing officer, a mediator, various different roles, I was the, the uh, director for the last 20 or so years at Washtenaw. Also, I was on uh, labor relations. I was a union representative for 15 years and then on the other side of the table for the other uh, as an administrator um, and retired from that position fortuitously right before COVID hit, and, uh, and I've been on uh, this commission right around that same time, uh, right when I think my first meeting was uh, the first meeting that didn't happen uh, live because of COVID. So. Bad timing, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Pam. I'm Pam Meadows, and I um, have been on the commission. This will be my 10th year. Um, I present with a little over 20 years in human resources, previously worked for the states of Ohio and Nebraska in civil rights, and actually had my own company um, that I registered with the state of Michigan. Um, it's called 
RAID. It stands for Rally Against Individual Discrimination. And um, <clears throat> have worked in several disciplines in human resources and then um, have successfully defended the companies that I worked for um, that sustained civil rights complaints, one of which resulted in the Ohio Civil Rights Commission saying, you need to come work for us. So I did. Um, I am native to Ann Arbor, probably the only one on the commission who is born and raised here. So know a whole lot about the city of Ann Arbor and it has um, evolved over time. And it's my pleasure to serve on this commission. Thank you. Now uh, we have already heard from the two council liaisons, but we have not heard from Denise. And Denise is somebody, I, didn't, I should have told you this yeah. before, so I, I thought about it, but I forgot. <laughs> Denise is the person who ties us all together, and if you call the Human Rights Commission, Denise is the person you'll talk to first, and maybe only, so you're very important. Well, thank you. I'm Denise Janelle. I am the staff liaison for the Human Rights Commission, the Independent Police Oversight Commission, and the Commission on Disability Issues. I'm glad to serve. <laughs> We're glad to have you. <laughs> Minutes for the December 14th meeting. We have a motion to start considering that. I have a I'm so move that we review the minutes or that we accept the minutes. Thank you. Yes. Second. Um, discussion. Any changes anybody would like to see in the minutes? It's not so much a change as it may be just a clarification. I saw, uh, I think, I should have noted this, but it's where M dot is mentioned. Yes. So it's on page two under follow-up on outside work, and it's the paragraph beginning with Council Member A.G. Edwin reported the city council is looking into a study about MDOT. Um, that really should be either all caps, um, because it's an acronym for Michigan Department of Transportation, and that's the only thing that I noted needed correcting. And no, and no period. It should either be all caps, M-D-O-T. Yeah. There should not be a period after the capital M. Yeah. And probably not a space. I mean, right. Uh, it's all one word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll make that change. Anything else? All in favor of accepting the... Uh, I was just going to say, on that same paragraph, as I'm reading it, I think there's an and missing uh, between cost and weather. Just a little tiny thing. Say that again, Linda. In that same paragraph. In that same paragraph, council voted to do a study to see how much the project would cost and weather, the city. Okay. Thanks. Uh, and and after cost. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Any other things? All in favor of accepting these minutes? Aye. Aye. Opposed? No one. Thank you. Um, 
Now we would like to hear from about some outside work, especially city council. Lynn, Aisha, anything that we ought to know about what's going on in city council? Um, we just met this past Monday, uh, a pretty short meeting just to start off the year. Uh, there were, nothing was pulled for the, from the consent agenda, which is mostly contracts. Um, the city is just trying to get some, um, make some progress in our capital improvement plan, um, acquiring some easements, assessments. Um, we did vote and approve on the pros plan, which is the parks, um, basically the parks and PAC, the parks and uh, the parks commission have been working on for quite some time. And it's an evaluation of um, current park use and future park needs, um, future capital needs for parks. It's a pretty lengthy document. I think it's like over 50 pages. Is that right, Aisha? Yeah, it's huge. It's pretty intense yeah. and evaluates use each individual park. Um, it's the pros plan. What is it? It stands for, I mean, if, if anyone has any free time and is very curious on how we use our parks and how um, it's interesting to see how uh, despite you know, our parks millage that we had a couple of years ago, the capital needs are pretty intense. Um, but our parks are used pretty, uh, you can see well, there was some discussion on center of the city. So if you remember in 2018, the city had passed a charter amendment on the library lot um, and trying to figure out like how we can be uh, in line with that charter amendment and also recognize some kind of ongoing concerns around what the group who had advocated for that had promised, which was fundraising and um, mm -hmm. giving us some kind of idea of what they would like on that site. Uh, the city has staffing and ongoing support for that. Um, but that was kind of the biggest thing that we had approved mm -hmm. on Monday. Um, mm -hmm. Unless I've, I'm Nothing missing anything else. direct human rights come. Well, there's, no. yeah, I think there's a few things that are human rights, I mean, they are. So one of them is they brought forward a snow removal feasibility study, so directing the city to see how much it would cost to do citywide snow removal. And that's been something that the disability community, the Disability Commission has really been asking for. And in, um, in talks about bringing it forward, I, I did notice some language in the, do you guys know about the A2 snow match program? A2, so there's an existing program that helps private residents oh, yes. who cannot do it themselves or afford to do it themselves with um, snow removal on their private property by matching them up to a volunteer. And the criteria language previously, up until I guess this week, used to say you have to have a physical disability. And so I talked to the city administrator and said, let's say something more like self-identify with any type of disability, right? not just physical. Um, so they're working on changing that language. And then I'm continuing work on creating this ADA coordinator, which is going to be, it's actually going to be called an accessibility coordinator, who will work under um, Laura Orta, who's the director of organizational equity. And we have been learning through meeting with the Office of Disability Affairs in Detroit and with experts on this, how like critical it is for us to develop a disability just kind of framework across all city departments and commissions. 
One of the things that has come up is how we really need to be careful as complaints come in of making sure that when complaints about discrimination for having a disability come in, it comes to us. When complaints around accessibility. When you say it comes to us, you mean it's us. Comes to us because we're the human rights. Oh, okay. Right? And it's discrimination. But then accessibility. Oh, disability. Right. Okay. And then accessibility complaints go to CODA. Well, I've got a question. Wasn't there supposed to be a um, um, Amer American for Disabilities Act person hired? That's what, yeah, that's what I'm talking mm -hmm. about. It's going to be called an accessibility coordinator. I see. And I'm helping to create that job description. And they will most likely also work, you know, not directly, but probably also work with us in some way. There's going to be some overlap. Uh -huh. But they will handle complaints. They'll handle complaints around, well, CODI will handle complaints mm. around discrimination experience because one has a disability. Okay. But if someone has an access complaint, like this park isn't accessible or whatnot. So I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Discrimination complaints come to us. Access complaints go to them. CODI, yes. Does okay. that make sense? Okay, yes, okay. yes, that makes sense. Okay. I Thank think you. that's <laughs> Thanks. But we don't have that coordinator on board yet. Is no, that we have plans to hire them in July, okay. June, July. Um, and the description will be posted at the end of March. And so I'm meeting with Laura Orta, and we're just continually creating the job description and meeting with others in different cities who have done this. But what's become clear is that there is an infrastructure that needs to be built around equity and disability justice throughout the city, which is where we may, we should have some part in. Okay. I'll add one more thing, if, if, if that's okay. Um, so it looks like the county has announced that they're hosting a housing and equity summit for the mm -hmm. 31st. Um, there's a registration link, and I can share that over email. Um, it's an all-day event. It looks like it's 8.30 to 4, and it's being hosted by the Office of Racial Equity. Um, and I'm encouraging commissioners if you can attend some of it. The agenda hasn't been published yet or finalized, um, but I did chat with Jennifer Hall, our housing commissioner, about this, as well as Aubrey Patino over at Avalon and Amanda Carlo at WHA. And I'd like to see a lot of uh, community members come out uh, it's, from what I see, it's being co-hosted by the County of Office of Economic Development, Michigan Medicine, WCC, uh, and the Ann Arbor Area Community Foundation. Um, so it would be great to actually have commissioners from a couple entities, you know, Renters Commission here, because you know, I think housing is a human right, um, uh, and HHSAB. So if we can get folks to come, um, it'd be really interesting to see this. There hasn't been a summit like this, I don't believe, and they're trying to make it a regional um, effort versus kind of like a municipality or just dependent on a service provider because WEHA had hosted a breakfast on housing and homelessness uh, last month. Um, and Abdul El-Sayed was the keynote speaker on that. So he connected public health concerns and housing as a human right and homelessness those themes together, but what I think what OECD wants to do is kind of make it a uh, more general service providers community uh, event, uh, like a full conversation on housing and equity. If you if you get it, will you give it to send me a copy and I will distribute it. Yeah, sure. Thank I can you. send the flyer and the, the registration link. 
Oh, and the vice president's coming tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. that's right. <laughs> that's a big deal. That's what kind of it? big what, news. Where yeah, is, big deal. I mean, is that going to be a public thing? No, I don't. Yeah. Oh, okay. and I, we were not invited. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's potential. I mean, we could always ask her to come back because, uh, I mean, I think we do some extraordinary work in Ann Arbor, the progressive work. So, yeah, yeah let's if let's find a reason to bring her back. Right. Yeah. Or and other federal officials. Yeah. And that is why, by the way, we are not having the city administrator at this meeting. <laughs> we tried we tried to schedule, but he was busy for some reason. Right. Oh, because yeah. of the VP. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, follow up on other ongoing work. Linda, do you have something to say about complaints? As far as I know, we received one complaint this month and it had to do with fair chance access to housing. We, yeah. And that is... When you uh, say this month, you mean in January so far or uh, December? When did it come in, Denise? Um, it might have been the end of December. Yes, it was the end of December. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I actually have a question related to that. Um, you remember how last meeting we talked about how there needs to be some clarification around the fair chance housing language mm -hmm. about Ann Arbor's mm -hmm. landlord, landlord to a property in Ann Arbor as yes. opposed to Ann Arbor. Yes. Where, what is the status of that? Do that, you know? That status, we, we just finalized the language and it's going to um, printing. That's great. That's really great. And if you could share it with us too, I will as soon as we get it. Okay, thank you. I think I think it'll be much more, clearer. Yeah, um, much clearer. Mm -hmm. um, we found a number of places where Linda once again was correct in complaining that we didn't have all our act together about um, complaints, and I'm going to call a complaint. A meeting of the lead people on complaints to just get to, to go over some of the new things that are going on and make sure that we have uh, our numbering system right and our intake system working more efficiently. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And also, I hope that some of the newer people who want to be involved in that process, we can, you know, how we were trying to stagger the, the people who were handling complaints as they came in. So it wasn't always the same four people who were getting the complaints. It would be nice to, you know, have some kind of meeting where we can share with the newer people how we do the investigations, what the process is like, and buddy, do a buddy system yeah. and for a few of them so they can learn what we do. We had, we had a system at, at the end of the retreat last year, or the, whenever it was, we had a system that sounded really very good but didn't work. And I think when we have that meeting, let's try to, I'm assuming, Aiden, you said you were interested at one point? Yeah, I was going to say, feel yeah. welcome to put Brandon and I together, Brandon I feel like, also. with his natural onboarding as well, it'd be a good opportunity. Well, we ought to talk about how to do this more efficiently. It, it just didn't, it, complaints come in, so, so they all come in at once, or they don't come in for a month, and it's hard. And they're all different, and sometimes uh, they suggest a certain background, you know, certain experience level, or, you know, and or whatever. And so it's hard to equally distribute the work, but we'll, we're going to try again. 
Okay, but we'll be back with that. Anything more about complaints? Trespass. Linda, you want to talk about next uh, steps? Yeah, we're just we we're just a little further along than we were last month. So this is a new trespass notice form that we've been uh, working with the police and the city attorney's office on for quite a while. We've been through several police chiefs over this, and we finally <laughs> have a new form that went to communications uh, and came back to us, and we made just some slight revisions. We've now sent it back to the police, who I think will be sending it to communications, who will be running it by the city attorney's office, and hopefully when it's done, we will have a much more user-friendly form uh, in which the property owners who are requesting that somebody be removed from their property uh, can now request that they be removed uh, for a period of time that is less than a year. It used to be if you were requesting somebody um, not come back, it had to be for a year. That was the default because that was the maximum amount allowed under law and that's what Ann Arbor always did. Now they will be able to say, uh, you can't come back for 30 days, can't come back for 60 days. There'll be an end date. And so, you know, hope, we're hoping that will be helpful yeah. to everybody. And we have also made the appeals process more clear on the form. It's in bold letters, it's easy to understand. So uh, hopefully, you know, we're making progress. And once that's done, the police uh, policies and procedures on implementing and educating the officers on how to use the new form uh, will have to be revised. I'm excited to have that done, <laughs> but that's a big thing and, and a very interesting thing. I think, I think we're going to have a lot easier time and I think it will also be impacted eventually by unarmed response. Uh, so, mm -hmm. so things things will be better for people in Ann Arbor. I hope as a result. Um, I, I assume we'll we'll report back when we get the final form and the policy changes and whatever. Excellent. Um, I know this is out of order, but it is. We're waiting for for uh, somebody to come, and maybe two people because we also expected. Um, that um, that Keita would come for the discussion. She is, here. she is here. Yes, she's in Zoom. You ready? Oh, well, we could. Should maybe we should still wait and, and ha deal with the unarmed response part first, and then deal with Washtenaw ID card, which is Denise, which is uh, Keita, and but I think that um, Sarah would like to vote on it, and she has a part. She has a a change she'd like to make. Mm -hmm. she, and, but it, might, it's, it still might not work. She might, she might still be late. Would you mind if I change the, reverse the order? Okay. Let's do that. Um, there were, there are three public, um, okay. Three public um, forums scheduled about unarmed response. Aiden, Brandon, Pam, and I attended the first one, and I thought it would be helpful just to have your some thoughts on it. On, on the, 
Public response. Sure. Uh, I was hugely uh, inspired and impressed by the turnout. Uh, it was this Monday at 1 p.m., and my math is always incorrect, but approximately 50 or so people so. came out to the Ann Arbor District Library downtown location in order to participate, uh, which we thought was just exceptional. Uh, anecdotally, of course, just from the people who did speak up, uh, people were hugely supportive. It wasn't a question of if or why we should do this, it was a enthusiastic, yes, we should do this. Here are additional considerations for our respective communities that we would like to see included uh, in something like this. Uh, personally, I voiced my uh, sort of thoughts about the associated logistics of how would one get in touch with our crisis uh, or our unarmed uh, crisis response team uh, in terms of would it be 911, would it be any sort of um, other number or means of contact. Um, you know, personally for me, my, my thought process was that there should be multiple venues, whether that be a tech service, whether that be 911 helping assist in connecting um, such a team. Uh, I think that that's something that needs to be fleshed out. Um, but thankfully, we do have the consulting agency and some very wonderful people on that. Um, but I will say, by large, it seemed resoundingly positive. And I was glad that the interest was there, at least in that room. And I've already heard forecasting for the next events. The other events will be similarly large as well, which is great to hear. Um, and additionally as well, I know that we have um, meetings with the Human Rights Commission with the consulting agency as well. Uh, the first one kicks off this Friday. It's Bright and early, too. Thank you for being amenable to my schedule, everyone. It's your fault. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but yes, I, I, was, I was very heartened uh, to see the response and eager to continue involvement. Thank you. Brandon, do you have thoughts? Yeah, I would say like I don't have uh, too much more to add. To amazing summary as always. Um, I will say that there was um, I feel like ample opportunity to express concerns or um, opportunities for improvement as well. So I think some of the main things that came up from um, I guess like my memory or recognition or notes. Um, one was just getting. Um, input from the public safety team or police officers as well and kind of seeing like what their influence will be on this in terms of having that teamwork um, or just like who's in charge of what. Um, another big thing that kind of came up was kind of different perspectives in terms of how the, I guess like workforce would navigate it so the business field like they wanted more so the city to run things whereas more of the community members wanted the nonprofit side to run things so there were um, some and I feel like in a way unclear as to like some of the motivations behind um, that overall but I think um, as any project will go there's always going to be more questions more things to learn about but I think overall um, it's moving in the right direction um, and hopefully, yeah, anyone that is listening, um, they stay involved and the outreach to community members continues on. Um, so it's just really important that these forums aren't the end of this communication and that, um, yeah, we just continue to stay informed and um, voice our opinions at our meetings and everything. But yeah, I think that uh, for the most part kind of wraps up some of my thoughts on the um, forum. But yeah, super happy that I went. Thank you. Pam. So I um, was pleasantly surprised to uh, <clears throat> learn a lot of what they had um, 
conducted up to this point. It's a work in progress. They anticipate being able to wrap it up and present the results to the city. They said soonest February, more than likely sometime in March. Um, and I echo the sentiments of my colleagues, Aiden and Brandon, of, as to what they observed, and I observed those too. Um, I had some reservations prior to going um, to this meeting that I just shared briefly with Leslie because of the way that it kind of came about, specifically the fact that we were not involved um, in that initial selection process and we have shared our comments about how we feel we should be, not either should have been, should be, and can going forward um, be allowed to participate in that because we have a lot of information that we believe would be beneficial um, to a company that is out of Lansing. They were selected by the city. Um, and they, it, I guess in some respects, it can be um, a, a double-edged sword. Either they, because they have no personal involvement with the um, city, then there's, there's the potential for their not being biased. But the flip side of that is they may be ignorant to the specifics that are unique to us us being the city of Ann Arbor, and what works well or should work well for the benefit of us all. So the concern that I had was, what, if anything, did they do to try and get the word out and get the information out, and how did they reach out to the community to involve them in this endeavor so that when they produce their report, it's a nice... Um, I don't know, I'm at a loss for words here. It, it's, it, it's representative of, a, of, of the majority of those individuals that are here or and or may be impacted by um, in a, being in a situation where um, they sustain some harm. So um, as the result of attending the meeting, I learned a lot of what they have done up to this point where they are now and what it is they anticipate doing going forward. I actually took a um, um, snapshot of the various organizations that they've reached out to that was listed in their presentation, and these are community organizations. There was a listing of 26 separate community organizations that they have reached out to thus far um, to try and elicit the information that they believe will be helpful in, in producing the rep report based on the RFP that the city has engaged them to do. So it will be interesting to see what that ultimate result is and or will be. I would strongly encourage everyone to participate in at least one of the public forums because it gives you um, direct knowledge as to the to whom it is that this organization um, is, what they come with, what they anticipate doing. I understand that they were given specifics by the city of what to do. But outside of that, the ultimate objective is to assist us toward success in addressing this particular subject matter, unarmed response. And with that, one of the things that I took away from that particular session that I attended is that was shared by a couple of the participants there didn't appear to be a lot of either effort or individuals contacted who have been on the receiving end of being unarmed. 
that I don't know what their methodology is or their efforts or what it is that they anticipate doing to try and contact those individuals, but their voice needs to be heard and that needs to be incorporated in the report that they ultimately produce. The other piece of it was, at that point anyway, and maybe they will um, pursue this going forward, is that they had not contacted and in, um, gotten the response from the police, who are oftentimes the um, individuals called to address an unarmed individual and what that response looks like. But those are two absolute critical pieces that must be inclusive in this report. And so we strongly urge the organization to ensure that that is, in fact, incorporated. And so those are the things that I took away um, from that meeting, and I look forward to being um, in the meeting on Friday, the Zoom meeting, where I can specifically address those things directly to the individuals and hopefully encourage them to incorporate that in their report. Right. Well, I, I think you all gave interesting observations, and I, and I agreed with all of them. I, I, was, I was very impressed with the speakers who, people who got up and talked about incidents where armed response would be needed or, or would be better than what they'd gotten. And, and people who feel very passionately about how important this is. Um, I was also, um, I also understand what, what you're saying. I, and, I, and I have a lot of those concerns as well. Um, and, and what Brandon said, I think was very important. They, they did a lot on the survey with uh, multiple choice. And I, and they didn't ask why they chose one versus another. And because people don't know very much and don't have good models for what armed, unarmed response is, there aren't that many in the country, so most people don't know. And, and there was no explanation in the materials at all. Just saying, I want 911 or I want 711 or I want, or I, uh, I think this, this um, reason for unarmed response is important versus this reason or this reason. Just, just having those numbers is not, is misleading because people don't really know what they're, we don't know what they mean. We need to know what they mean. Um, and I'm also, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about, uh, about uh, who was responding. 85% of the respondents on the survey were white, that, that, and, and only about 4% were Asian, so we really, not very balanced, uh, given our population uh, profile. And, and, and there are also questions. There was one question that's, that just stood out in my mind, and that is that the article that I read in the Ann Arbor News said that there were 600 respondents people who responded, they said there were 1,500. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's quite a difference. I, I wonder how that happened. Anyway, mm -hmm. we will find out on Friday. Friday. <laughs> and I agree with you that more, lots of people should turn out. I mean, the more interest, the more people who are interested and involved, the better this will be, and we really want it to be good. I think everybody really wants this to be good. So it's important. And now we're here on. Leslie, you have a hand. Can, oh, mm -hmm. so um, Sorry. City Administrator Milton Dahoney had created a memo um, back to, to City Council back in October, 
and answering some of the questions that you have here, in particular in how the focus should be in engaging people who will be who, who will most benefit and will be served by this program. Um, the number between 600 to 1500 might be because there was a number of survey participants differ, which differs from their one-on-one -on -one interviews. Uh, so there are survey participants and then the group, the consultants have also had one-on-one -on -one interviews and small group discussions. Um, as far as asking for, you know, figuring out how to outreach folks to, to do the outreach, which is what the task at hand is. So the consultants are specifically just community engagement outreach and collecting all the information, presenting it back to council. They are not actually formulating the program. So this is, they're collecting information and feedback so that city staff can kind of get our, the, their arms around what an RFP might look like. Mm -hmm. So we're still, we're further away from the process of actually rolling out this program than we might think. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I don't think we should, you know, folks should have the assumption that this is a one and done um, conversation with the consultants. It's just the first step in collecting, right. uh, I guess, the temperature of the community and our, our community's priorities. Uh, and then formulating the RFP and asking uh, actual the pro provider of the the the, per, the, pro, the organization that will implement the program, um, and even then there'll be room for you know changes and adjustments. Um, it could be for a number of reasons, depending on who applies for the RFP, what kind of resources, if those resources that we've already budgeted are enough, um, if we need to revisit it or like if we need additional partnerships, um, you know, beyond, beyond the city. Because I mean, there are, there are also uh, potential state funding that can come down to help us with this too. Um, but one example I wanted to give from Milton, uh, Administrator Dahoney's memo back in October is that besides the one-on-one -on -one interviews and the public survey, they've had a PDF copy of the survey provided to all social service agencies uh, so the paper copies have been distributed uh, at the clerk's office, city council meetings, housing commission, and the library. Um, so they, as far as I know, it's not just the town hall meetings that they're, they're working on. They're working on a, a variety of ways of but trying to do that. this was the survey data that, we were, that they were flashing on the screen. I right, but what I'm saying is that it's more than just the survey data. They've had one-on-one -on -one discussions, and it's outlined in Administrator Dahoney's memo. So I can also share that too. It it was part of uh, council's agenda back in October, and it was in response to some of the concerns that ICPOC had raised, which are similar to here. So I'll, my, I'll, I'll share my, that. My concern is that numbers sound like they're really important, and they're not always if they don't represent what you think they represent. Right. So it's just. Yeah, there's, I guess there's no uh, real reason why they would inflate numbers. Um, I, they're not incented to. Uh, I'm thinking numbers yeah. like they chose A and B rather than C and D. And when they don't know what A, B, C, and D really mean, it's hard to know. It sounds like people know, but they don't necessarily, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, um, I mean, we can take it up with the the city administrator and, and ask yeah. that they change their survey process. <laughs> the, the, you know? the, yeah. I do think that when I took the survey, 
there was some brief explanation of we are thinking of forming X to help people who are in the X, Y, and Z situation. I, and I, I mean, I'm not saying that maybe that was adequate information so people really understand what does unarmed crisis response mean. I don't even think they called it that. Mm -hmm. It was more, we're thinking about creating a group that will not be armed, that comes in response to people in this situation. Because I, and I understand your point, that if people had more background about different models, but there's also, you know, in survey, in conducting surveys, kind of the more information like that you, you put in the beginning, it can dissuade people from even taking it. But, but I, I think this is something at least to bring up with them and ask them, what did you choose to include to explain what this is in the survey and why? When I took the survey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, yeah. That's, and you felt that it was inadequate. Oh, yeah. I mean, because we're asking questions like, um, like, what did you say? Um, should it be, should it be, how should it be funded? What, uh, what the phone number should be? What, um, who should be in charge of it? Um, you know, some, some questions that they had no way of. Yeah, because I think part of it is kind of, I guess like when we are meeting with them, I think one of the things that we can try to get more information on is some of like the focus groups and interviews that they did to kind of get some of that qualitative information or like um, understanding more of what persuaded people or like what their thought process was. Because um, I think that's kind of where I'm like hearing this conversation going is just that, just saying that um, it should go, we should call 911 or 211. Okay, but why should we call those? What makes that more comfortable for you and everything? Right. I think that mm -hmm. is the part that um, seems to be like lacking and that wasn't in the presentation as much. It was just, here's the number for how many people voted for this or the percentage, but why is that the route that this percent of people want to go to? That part was missing. So I think that, um, yeah, when we meet with them, that's just um, something that we can dive further into of just mm -hmm. understanding more of that rationale um, from the um, series of people that they uh, connected with. Mm -hmm. Anything else on that? Let's talk about the the uh, amendment that we are we are proposing now for um, the uh, non discrimination ordinance. This is an amendment that would protect people who do not have a state or federal ID card and instead use one that is locally um, provided by, and, and we have one very good one that is locally uh, offered by Washtenaw County. Um, we have a resolution and and is Keita on board now? Yes. Commissioner Collin, can you unmute yourself? Keita wrote a resolution Hello. that included the... Mm -hmm. uh, Hello, where are you? Hi. Oh, there she is. Okay. <laughs> we said we have your picture and everything. <laughs> Keita, this was a... a very helpful resolution. You've included the wording of the um, amendment that Margie has drawn up. And to my knowledge, you've got at least three changes that people had suggested that are not in this. Are you, do you have more, or is there? 
Um, yes, I received a late uh, suggestion for change, um, and I appreciate that one because it. Uh, she caught. I'm not sure who sent it, but whoever did, thank you, because one of the whereas clauses should have been moved to um, another location. And I think it will make more sense relocated. So um, I don't know how, how you want me to go through the changes that I've made that people can't see in front of them. How would just you like the, me to do there's that? Just the changes that we have not already seen because okay. people have seen the 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 uh, ones that you mm -hmm. sent the other day. So what changes okay. need to be made now? All right. So let us go to. I will count down one, two, three, four, five, six. So the seventh, mm -hmm. whereas clause. Yes. All right. That clause. Part of it will be merged with the clause before it. Okay. So that the, some of those lists of fundamental services will be added to the sixth clause. But some of those fundamental services will appear in a new clause that will now be, hold on, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Do you see the clause that begins, whereas local government issued ID cards fulfill the regulatory purpose of all U.S. government issued yes. ID cards? Yes. And, all right, well, the first change is that there should be a uh, number two that says meet identification requirements. Wait a minute. That one failed. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've lost me, maybe. Okay, well, it says... Whereas local government issued ID cards fulfill the regulatory purpose of all U.S. government issued ID cards and. It's on the second page. Oh, it's the sec second whereas. Yes. The second whereas, okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, so the, there should be a number one which says meet the federal government requirement to prove identity for I-9 employment eligibility. Mm -hmm. There should also be a number two that says meet identification requirements under local liquor control code. Meet that one it was missing the number two, so I've inserted that. Requirements. And I've removed the, mm -hmm, and I've removed the S from that meet. So now there will be four subclauses there. I see. Meet and it just says meet identification requirements. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. okay. so that'll be, yes, and that'll be number two, okay. that whole thing. Then there's the number three that stays unchanged. The number four. The number now. three was is what was number two. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. I got it. All right. Well, what's what's really different is that now there is a new clause under that that will read as follows. Whereas a number of healthcare providers, restaurants, banks, and other entities persist in refusing service to qualified individuals, despite the fact that they prove their identity with a valid government-issued ID card as requested, and. Did you get that? Yeah. Okay. Does everybody understand that? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that, that's a new one. 
That's a new one. Okay. You see, then it makes more sense. Then we go into the fact that historically, Ann Arbor resolved an analogous problem where affordable housing was being denied. Okay. Right? Because even though people had a verified ability to pay, landlords refused to rent to them. So the previous draft didn't spell out that, yes, we still have a problem despite these local government issued ID cards. Okay. Um, are people comfortable with what we've got so far? Okay. Okay, we've got, we've got two changes. There was something mm -hmm. you said. And those are so six mm -hmm. and seven. I'm sorry. And there's and then there's another one on the first page. Is that correct? Another change. Uh, no, so, the, no, just the changes that I just went through. Those okay. are the only change mm -hmm. okay. that you have not seen. Yeah. You started um, talking then, about. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Then uh, I'm not. Okay, yeah, so on the second page, one, two, three, four. The fourth whereas clause, missing and then from the third sentence is the word income after low and moderate. You see, it says your version would say to low and moderate residents, and that should read low and moderate income residents. Mm -hmm. That got left out. Do you see that? Ah. Mm -hmm. oh. Wait a minute, I've got low and moderate income individuals. Mm -hmm. Already. What does it start with? It's, it's, it's not this one. It, okay, so. Should, oh. The word income should be right there between moderate and resident. I see. <clears throat> yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. All is right. That, that's uh, that's what. I, is that it? Yes. You said originally that there was something on the first page, on the sixth and seventh, whereas that were you were going to combine them. Combining seven with six. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And so you just put it in one whereas. Exactly. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Anything else? No. We have one other recommendation that I know of from Aisha. And, um, that, and that was. You want to mention it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's entirely necessary, Kita, but when you sent it to me last night, um, mm -hmm. it would be on page, just a minute. The last page? I think it's the, the last. one from the end. Oh, that's right. So under four on the mm -hmm. last page. So mm -hmm. it starts out with no person shall discriminate against individuals. And I added no person or institution shall discriminate sure. against individuals. Because it may not mm -hmm. always be like a person, right? Um, mm -hmm. Although it was written by the city attorney, and I and yeah. I think she is probably she's acting under the belief that 
a, a legal person is oh, that's right. an, yeah. is an entity or or person. Yeah. That's right. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that makes sense. Okay, that does make sense. I was just gonna say, I think Kita, the same email you received that suggested combining those two whereas clause um, that Sarah sent mm -hmm. you had another suggestion yes. in it. I didn't know if you wanted oh. to reply to that. It was uh, Can you just remind? about clarifying the statistics on, you know, undocumented versus non-visa holding people. She's oh, not here to speak yes. for herself, so I'm just asking. Oh, okay. Well, I had, uh, I'm glad you raised that because I um, didn't make that change in my mind because I eliminated the local statistics that had been there, because, not the, lo the local numbers, because they were speculative, they're regionally speculative, oh, since, since the studies were only national. And Judah had pointed that out. Um, I am comfortable simply removing that last clause that I think was confusing, where I added and of course 100% of our neighbors who lack visa status, I think that can just be removed. Okay, okay thanks, yeah. Unless, yeah. unless people want a special clause that just addresses folks without documentation or visa status. Can, can you clarify something for me then? Um, does the Washington can can somebody who is undocumented get the Wash the Washington ID card? Yes, people. I mean, um, and that's why I guess I use the the expression visa status. Most yeah. folks um, are here because their visa has expired, pre predominantly. Mm -hmm. um, that phrase, documentation, undocumented. Uh, gets confusing when you're talking about proving who you are because folks that may not have a federal permission to reside here are, often have even more documentation of their identity and time of birth and place of birth than folks with permission to be here. So it just got confusing. So we began to talk about folks without visa status, but like, that may be a term of art and just be too confusing. But yes, any resident of Washington County, regardless of status, regardless of homeless status, immigration status, is eligible to receive a county ID card as a resident of the county who can meet the qualifications and prove their identity and their date of birth and their residency. You have to produce 300 points of proof. And if you can meet that, then yes, it is not about proving your relationship to the federal government. That's the way I can put it. Or uh, your housing status. You know, it's very difficult for homeless folks to prove that they are residents of Michigan because of the type of proof that the state asks for. Well, that's an also so an important we, point. I wonder if we should, if, if it is, if you strike it, there will be nothing about undocumented people in this resolution. I don't know if that's um, necessary, I, but it is a point. 
I, I guess I would say um, I can, the idea was to try to talk about the, the, the range of marginalized communities affected. Mm-hmm. So if it's too confusing to have the number of neighbors who lack visa status attached to that paragraph, then I'll have to think through what else to do because I wouldn't want that to just be a standalone sentence, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to, uh, to isolate any particular group. We we're planning so, on um, voting on this, to, uh, to accept this today. Then so I we would need say to have a final de- piece to, to then vote delete, on. Then I, then I would say, uh, we could move, rather than delete it, we could move it because I think what's confusing is that the first sentence says, whereas multiple studies show that an estimated 11% of all American citizens lack ID, right? I could begin with a broader sentence that multiple studies show that a disproportionate uh, number of residents, American residents, residents of the United States are from marginalized communities. And then talk about the fact that there's an estimated 11% of all American citizens, that's over 12 million citizens. Um, We are looking at 100% of folks without visa status, which is another 12 million individuals. We could look at it that way. It's up to you folks. It, uh, it, it's an important piece. I, so, um, well, Sarah's here now, so maybe she oh. can speak to her own Sarah? point. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> didn't see you coming in. Hi. Uh, sorry. Uh, hopefully, Leslie let you all know that I was going to be a little late yes. today. Thanks for your understanding. Um, yeah, um, Kita, great, um, great resolution. Um, yeah, I just, um, because the first, the topic sentence was about citizens, and then um, we yes. had the piece about undocumented folks at the end of the paragraph, that was a little confusing for me. Um, okay. So I think if we, um, if we want to include that, then we can just say, you know, there are 12 million American citizens, disproportionately mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z groups, and then additionally, there are 12 mm-hmm. million undocumented people who uh, face these same challenges. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's a simple change that we can. So you weren't here for the first part of what Kita was saying. Do you have an objection to the use of the term lacking visa status, or do you prefer the term Um, I just thought we should be consistent. Um, I'm more familiar with the term undocumented, so when it said lacking visa status, I wasn't sure exactly what that meant and i think is undocumented elsewhere in the document in the resolution or no okay so uh, if it's consistent i just um lacking visa status i wasn't sure exactly what that referred to yeah kito i don't know if you want to repeat you had earlier explained what you're thinking behind that phraseology we yeah we um because folks that are uh, described colloquially as undocumented, it's actually a misnomer, tend to have an enormous amount of documentation um, regarding their identity and date of birth and proof of birth and location and residency. Um, 
we've, we've shifted language to, at least when, we, when we're talking about the issuance of ID cards, to uh, visa status. Because, you know, they're not undocumented in that way, in the way of, you know, we want proof of identity and residency. And so from that perspective, people aren't undocumented. Mm -hmm. I see. There are communities yeah. that lack that. Yeah, but people communities just, that lack yeah, that. Yeah, mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. to me. I think people may just not be familiar with that term. For me, um, mm -hmm. being unfamiliar with the term, uh, maybe like, Im immigrants who lack visa status, or I don't know, because um, like not everyone needs to have a visa, <clears throat> right? Like I'm a little confused about the term, so I don't know. I can I say something? Yeah. Um, when when I first read lax visa status, I thought about like people who are working here and they let their visas lapse, right? Mm -hmm. Who are immigrants who've gone through the system. I think because we're even having such a detailed conversation about it. I think we should include the word undocumented because that is what a lot of, I mean, mainstream, that's what they see as someone who didn't go through the immigration system. And if there's, one, if there's someone like that out there reading this, I don't want the, you know what I mean? I, I want it to be clear that you can get an ID and you'll be protected here if you have an ID from discrimination. I just, I, I mean, as an immigrant who, who went through the system, I immediately thought someone who let their like work visa lapse or something. Mm -hmm. and, well, let, then I would say, let me draft a new paragraph that really contextualizes um, the folks whose status does not impact their ability or right to get an ID card. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's where we're really, we're moving to our concern is to make sure people know that you, whatever your status is, you can get mm -hmm. a card. Whether it's, um, you know, your homeless status, your um, transgender status, your immigration status, none of it matters here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let, let me move that, uh, those concepts, and I'll insert that paragraph directly under that clause directly underneath yeah and if, if i can just add that when when i read that section uh to me i thought of the dreamers in our community mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. self-identify as undocumented mm -hmm. and as dreamers mm -hmm. who never had right. a visa status um and came here with their parents yeah um so that those are those and, and who I engage with and trying to figure out a way for them to stay here without, and, and also mm -hmm. telling them that it's not a priority for our police to um, mm -hmm. work with ICE. Uh, mm -hmm. So, uh, so that's that's who I thought of. So I'm glad that folks on our commission here can kind of directly point to, you know, examples mm -hmm. in our community when we talk about undocumented immigrant and or in visa status. So, so, so now the community, the community is, has communicated to me that when we use the, the word undocumented, they would rather we say the expression members of the undocumented community. So not immigrants, but members of the undocumented community is then the request.
So you're going to put in a separate clause for the, mm -hmm. and in the that, yep, they in deserve a, it. In a clause that follows, and that clause will express the sentiment that um, everyone who is a resident and who is able to prove their identity and residency, regardless of, and then I will list all of the statuses that are prohibitive in other locations that, um, that are not bars to an ID card here. Okay. Do we, do you feel that we have enough that we can vote on this, even though we we're going to trust mm -hmm. Kato with that? I, I make a motion that we uh, adopt the resolution as amended with the subsequent paragraph that Keita will draft along the lines that she just said and that we uh, approve that resolution. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Unanimously here. Thank you very much. Keita, thank, thank you very much for a very good resolution. Uh, no, and thank everybody for your, your feedback. That was, it was very helpful. I feel like we've moved improved it vastly. I, I have to add as just a personal note as well, this is just tremendous. Obviously a lot of research um, as well as just hours went into this and it's very clear that this is more than adequately sourced, not just from personal anecdotal experiences that you've had with the community, but also with your numbers and statistics and I think that this is exceptional. So thank you, Kita. Thank you, Aiden. Can I can I ask something, Lynn? Do we want to? No, I can't ask. Oh, I was like, really? I can't. Um, okay. So, do we? I, I think that both council members, Song and myself, would be happy to bring this forward to council. Oh, I think so. Um, so, oh. yeah, we want to help support this and get this passed. And you suggested also that we get, we try to get, we ask for endorsement by the city com uh, county commissioners. I was, I was, it was a suggestion. I was thinking about it, especially because you serve on the Washtenaw County Task Force. I mean, I don't see this having a problem passing, mm -hmm. um, but just saying that, you know, task force county commissioners endorse it. What do you think, Len? Or commissioner, or I'm sorry, council member song. <laughs> it's been a long day. Uh, I, I think it would be great to challenge the county to be, I mean, we've, We've been great partners with the county on a, on a number of initiatives. So, um, yeah, the past year when it comes to, you know, labor, being supportive of labor, being supportive of fair wages in the past. So this, this should align, I think, with, with their object, you know, with their, with their mission. We can ask. Yeah. We can definitely ask our fellow electeds. Mm -hmm. I will send this to the county. Would you? Would you all want the full a vote of the full county board of commissioners, or is the um, the county ID task force? Which, which entity are you? Commissioners, I think. You know, the commissioners, I think, are up to the task. I think, mm -hmm. especially just now that Justin's the new yeah, chair. Yeah. Do we know, in terms of time frame? Uh, when you had hoped to take this to a vote before city council and I can try to coordinate that with the county board of commissioners agenda and calendar. 
Well, I think what I was going to do is send this as soon as I got it from you, the final one. No, 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 please, no. Uh, mm -mm. Because I work so closely with all the commissioners, the county commissioners, you know, really, several of them still remain, who helped write this whole thing. Hmm. Um, I would want to go to them and send it to them and say, this is what city council is looking for. Um, and have them uh, put them in touch with our counselors and find out if they want to meet, if they want to ask questions, if there's any uh, more information that they need to take back. And then the three or four of them will meet in committee. I mean, this is sort of how the county board of commissioners work. That's why I was concerned about the county. Yeah, I, I would echo that as a former <laughs> it's a wonderful board, and I'm sure they would approve it ultimately, but I wouldn't want to delay this by another month okay. or two in the time it would take for them to meet, convene, discuss, and, and approve. Well, can we send this to the city council then without their approval, but tell them that we are doing that? Sure, we can challenge the county, go first and challenge the county. Uh, so we have another meeting this month. I probably won't make it in time for the second meeting in January, but we can see if we can put it on the agenda in, in February. Okay. Okay? Do, do we have a sense of how many votes we, we might have? Do we know what kind of support we've got at, in, at city, in city council? Well, you and Aisha had announced it. Um, yeah, I've, yeah, I've been keeping council updated and I haven't gotten anyone reaching out to me saying I'm concerned or we want more info. It, um, it pretty much seems as if council is in agreement that this is a necessary yeah. protection for equity in our community, and I haven't heard any okay. like cool. dissent or otherwise. <clears throat> Great. Great. Okay. So our time schedule is that you will, you will come back to us with a final product i will come i will come back with a final product and i will be able to call you um not tomorrow the next day after i reach the uh three or four commissioners um and just to let them know and then then you can communicate to city council that they are uh, they have it before them okay but i will get you the final draft um tomorrow morning my morning. <laughs> yes, your morning. Okay. Um, I think are we at the end? Yeah. Uh -huh. I've lost mine already. Um, oh, Pam. Mm -hmm. It's now time for our 2023 elections mm -hmm. so the floor is now open um for us to i believe per our ordinance to select um our chair for the year and our vice chair i will let you know that i have received the names for both of those openings but in the interest of fairness and full transparency we will also open it up for anyone who would like to nominate um, either themselves or someone else for um, either the chair or the vice chair. I will tell you that I have received the following names for the position of 
chair and vice chair. The name of Leslie Stanbaugh has been nominated for chair and the uh, name of Judah Garba has been uh, nominated for vice chair. At this time, the floor is open for anyone who would like to nominate either themselves or someone else. All right, seeing and hearing none, we will now close that nomination and we will invite you now to vote on the names that have been presented in this order. First, the name of Leslie Stambaugh for chair. Um, it is not a secret ballot because we wanna ensure that we're transparent. So we're gonna ask that those who are present, if you would so indicate by saying I, if you are comfortable and confident that our incumbent and, and also up for nomination, Chair Leslie um, Stambaugh would continue in that role as chair. All in favor? Please aye. say aye. 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 Are there any opposed? Seeing and hearing none, the motion carries. Leslie Stambaugh is our chair, once again, for the Human Rights Commission. We'll continue on <laughs> with the nomination of the name of Judah Garba for vice chair. All in favor, please indicate by saying aye. 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 Are there any who are opposed? The motion carries. We again have Judah Garber, who is the incumbent and will continue to serve as the vice chair for the Human Rights Commission for 2023. Thank you both. Thank you, Pam. Thank you all. We have time for commissioner communications. This is not always used, but I'm trying to Put it out there so people could say whatever they want about maybe coming events, maybe something, comment about the meeting, whatever they want. Any commissioner communications? Tried. Um, can we have a motion to adjourn then? Oh, sorry. Uh, can I just... Uh... Uh, so one thing I was chatting with Leslie about is to um, start trying to, I was going to take on as a project to start trying to do some research around um, like local protections for trans rights since that's heavily under attack nationally. Um, so Leslie gave me a couple names of folks to get in contact with who might have useful thoughts about kind of what are best practices and possibilities for uh, protecting trans rights at the local level. But if any of you have expertise in that area or um, want to join me in that project or have contacts who would um, have useful information for us, um, I would um, love to hear about that. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in it, so happy Great. to help. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm also interested in joining. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. As am I. Great. And Judah. So what I'm going to do in the next meetings is I'm going to just ask you for a brief update. Is that all right? That's what we do with ongoing projects. So thank you guys. This is going to be exciting. Okay. And uh, also now that my, now that the resolution is just about finished, there was a, a, a uh, email I saw uh, regarding um, the HRC doing some research around illegal representation, housing representation. I'd like to join that committee also as it forms. Okay. I, I don't know what it is yet, but we will be talking to Lynn about it next meeting, right? 
Anything else? Judah? I move we adjourn. <laughs> Second. What? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Adjourned. I get to do this again. <laughs> Thanks, Judah. Have a great day.